Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Thomas Bex. Hello, Thomas. How hey, are Saoirse. You? It's been a while. It's uh, it's been a while. And uh, if this uh, if um, you listened to last month's episode where Laura uh, was hosting the episode with yourself, Thomas, and with Kieran, uh, I can only apologize for the shocking increase in quality of last month's episode. Uh, it was very <laughs> professional and everything. But look, I am back. I am back from holiday, so normal service has been resumed. Um, so and thank you to three to you, uh, Laura and Kieran for recording. It was a pretty good episode, and I could say that now because I wasn't involved. Um, but it, it was, was really... wasn't it? I mean, Laura, Laura bringing that BBC quality to uh... yeah, I know, rub it in. I know, professional journalist, uh, very professional sounding, but uh, she, I, she has tried to, um, uh, you know, to usurp me to I think launch a coup, but now she's back in. I believe she's back in dungeons. She's are you well, are you trying to put a suzerain reference in there? Up, well, up, actually, yes. I've started replaying that for the third time because they have re put, uh, re or released um, another version which I think is spoken about. But also a dungeon re- reference. I've put her back in the dungeon because she's uh-huh. playing Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> so I don't oh, think we're that's... going to hear from her for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that game is massive. <laughs> uh, it's uh, this is the very first time that I can remember that people are actually complaining about a game being too good because it sets the expectations too high for other game developers. I mean, I this is the first time I've ever heard something like that. <laughs> yeah, and still I have a feeling that some of those triple A uh, developers are going to take the the wrong lessons from this. Yeah, it's. But anyway, so she's going to be busy. Hopefully she'll be back at some point, maybe Christmas time. I don't know. Hopefully before then. <laughs> yes, uh, you never know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's like the good old days when it was just me and you, Thomas, at the very, very beginning of like this the, like the, the Like the first 30 episodes, 20 ep- 25 episodes, oh, something was, like that. I think it was less one because Laura came less, in shortly 20? after. 20? I don't know. It Laura feels came like, in, uh, I, I know it was a long, long time ago before yeah. COVID and we were younger and we absolutely so... knew what we were doing back then. <laughs> um, but Yeah, uh, we, we needed an influx of quality, so we got Laura yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, now we've got a whole team with us. So we're going yeah. to be uh, talking to a lot of adventure game news. Uh, and so, we're going to be... That is not an understatement. No, there's going to be, <laughs> I mean, I will just good venture game news as well. Uh, but Thomas, can you let us know what games you will be talking about later on in this episode? I will be talking about Dave the Diver. I will also be talking about The Expanse, the new Telltale uh, uh, game. And I will be talking briefly about Sea of Thieves, Monkey Island. Cool. Yes, so that is uh, a new Monkey Island game, which I believe myself and Kieran mentioned at the beginning of the summer. Uh, but you have actually played it. I have played it, yes. Uh, and now I am back from holiday, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck in uh, to these games as well. I hope in the next few weeks uh, we can play a bit of CSC's Monkey Island because it's the second episode dropping, but we'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that 
uh, in just a bit. So uh, shall we start with news? Yes, please, because there is so much of it. <laughs> <laughs> so buckle in now. Uh, I'll try not to be too long. Because some of the news I've already uh, spoken about. So uh, first of all, it's not often that the Adventure Games podcast uh, makes news, but... Um, uh, have you been? Have I mentioned Thomas that we were nominated for an award? Did I mention that? Did we? Are we? Oh, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, okay, I did mention this. I did upload a YouTube video. I did put up uh, an entire short podcast episode with more details, so I won't be too long. But in case people aren't aware, the Adventure Games Podcast has been nominated uh, for People's Choice Podcast Awards under Games and Hobbies. So over 8 million people worldwide voted for their favorite podcasts, and we made a top 10 podcast under Games and Hobbies. And yes, I am as shocked as you are, because I really, really did not expect it. Um, but these are some very, you know, good awards. They're very, uh, they're well known across the podcasting world. They're, uh, and I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised. So first of all, to people who voted for it. So, People's job has already been done. I know some people have asked, um, so when do we vote? People have already voted and I forgot about it. I didn't ask people to vote because I forgot and people already uh, um, voted anyway. So if you are listening and you have voted, thank you sincerely. It is really, really appreciated. Uh, so now on Absolutely, the 13th yeah. of September, if you're listening to this before the 13th of September, 2023, uh, then the live ceremony will be then at, I believe, at 11 p.m. GMT. So that's UK and Irish time, uh, whatever time it is in your time zone listening. But the live ceremony will be on uh, on podcastawards.com and they will be announcing the winner. So it's a pool of judges now. We'll be listening to podcasts. So hi, judges. If you're listening, thank you. We love you. Do you think that will make, make them... Uh, I, I, I think we should delay the release of this one until they uh... <laughs> <laughs> until they announce the winner. Well, yeah. well, look, I mean, of course, it'd be great to win, but no matter what happens, I do think that this is, and I'm telling you that this is a huge achievement already. I think for the podcast and for us, it's you know for the team, which uh, I think it is good. And as I said, I listened to you guys. Uh, do an episode last month and it was generally good when Laura and Kieran did an episode a few months ago as well they were great some people might say that they're better <laughs> when I'm not hosting I don't know who would say that but uh, um, but yeah and uh, yeah also I think it's good for for adventure games and I don't mean this in a high almighty way but the very fact that a podcast called the Adventure Games Podcast has been nominated for a worldwide podcasting award I think it shows that people are still interested in adventure games, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's there are still people who think the genre is die is dead well, or dying. But well, uh, look then, take a look at the nominees for games and hobby for best podcast twenty twenty three, and you see the adventure games podcast because we speak mainly about modern adventure and narrative games. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. a good distinction to make because um, I know there's <laughs> there's yeah. Uh, there, there are so many there are so many good stories in gaming um, and especially in in our genre but it's it's also worth to uh, mention that we sometimes break away a bit from a little the bit. typical it's... adventure games and like Dave the Diver is not a typical adventure game even though I right. would still sort of 
put it in the genre because it's it, well I'll, I'll get to that when we yeah. uh, when we discuss think, that game for instance i think some people might say that none of the adventure games that we are going to review are actually i mean it's true they're not traditional point and click adventure games but we will be talking about some traditional point and click adventure games in the news and we will be reviewing more in the future so yeah so podcastawards.com 30th of september 11 p.m gmt and you can find out uh well who the winners are of uh best podcast and if you're listening to this after uh, september 13th you can still go into podcastawards.com find out who won we're still going to be celebrating because it's i think a fantastic achievement for well for the podcast and i think it's it's great for the genre in general that there's still an absolutely interest in it. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of the genre in general, yeah. So Adventure uh, Axis uh, is coming back. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, again, I don't want to. Uh, I think uh, people probably had enough of listening to us talk about ourselves at the Adventure Games podcast. So, do you know who's going to be at Adventure X? Who's going to host the panel at Adventure X? I have no clue. That's Sersha, right. But maybe the Adventure uh, Games podcast. <laughs> is, is, is Laura going to host? Well, she she did last year. She interviewed Mike uh, Bitzel, the developer of Tron Identity. So. Um, so this year I will be hosting a panel. Um, do, do we need to know who's on the panel? Do you want me to? I mean, because I, clearly I am the main draw. I mean, absolutely. I think people want to hear from me, right? Do you, or do you it, want to know who's on the panel? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, let's, fine. Let's, 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 let's see, see who's, who's on the panel. Who's on the panel? There's uh oh, Dave Gilbert. Have you heard of him? Is he the guy from Monkey Island? Yes, yes, uh, Dave Gilbert, developer of Monkey Island. <laughs> He'll be delighted to hear. Now, Dave Gilbert of uh, Wajidai. Wajidai, of panel. course, yes. And who else? Uh, oh, Tony Warriner, co-founder of Small Studio Revolution, one of the lead developers on Beneath the Steel Sky, Broken Sword series. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice don't know if you've heard too. of them. Yeah, very nice guy. I was with, I did a talk with him at uh, in Croatia, which I don't think I've mentioned either throughout the year. But no, absolutely lovely, lovely guy. And he's working on his own game as well. Um, so he'll be on the panel. Uh, Tom Hardwich, developer of Lucy Dreaming. And we'll be talking a little bit more about him later on in this episode. Uh, and Charlotte Sutherland, the developer of Lord Winklebottom Investigates. Nice. Um, so they will be talking about uh, how to survive as solo developers. Uh, so they'll be giving great advice. Uh, I mean, I assume because they're, these, they're these are all very developers. nice people. So uh, they're lovely very, people. They're very good developers. Help. Yeah, and well, very nice as well. The two experienced developers with Dave Gilbert and Tony Warner, and then two people who've just released their first up and, up and coming developers. Up and coming, yeah. but two really good games as well, which we've reviewed. Uh, we played Lucy absolutely. Dreaming. I played Lucy so, Dreaming. Uh, and, and you played uh, uh, Winklebottom Investigates. Yeah, fantastic as well. Really enjoyed. Yeah, so both very good games. If you are at coming to Adventure X, uh, there'll be other people there as well. Charles Cecil will be there. Uh, also, one of the other co-founders of uh, Rev- of Revolution, and there'll be plenty more. There'll be another panel with. Uh, we Alistair will be Becker. there. Thanks. I, I hope be, I will be there. Because hopefully I, you'll be there. I know you've. it's been yeah. a while since you've been, so hopefully you'll be there. The team of the podcast, so myself, Laura, Matt, Kieran will be there. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it this year. Um, yeah. So if you are at Adventure X this year, you can feel free to come and along to the panel. When is Adventure X? It is. That's a very good question. It is November, early November 2023. I yeah, the first have... weekend of November, I believe. The first week. Um, it is, and I just 
fourth and fifth, 2023, Saturday and Sunday. So if uh, if you are there, I believe the tickets have sold out. But uh, if you are there, come talk to us. Come to the panel if you wish. Uh, plenty of adventure games as well. But if you aren't able to make it, uh, that panel and all the talks at AdventureX will be uploaded on their YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, hopefully at least the panel that I'm doing will be available as a podcast. I don't know. We'll have to see uh, if uh, if we can, because it is for AdventureX. Uh, so that will be the term. But there will be people will be able to see and listen to that panel and all the other talks. At so, um, yes, you were saying Tony Warner is going to be there. Charles Cecil is going to be there. What do these two have in common? They have another great, great, great news that broke recently. So they are the two lead developers of the Broken Sword series. Now, I do need to uh, clarify that Tony Warner is no longer at Revolution. He's doing his own thing. That's why he's talking about being a solo developer. He is now a solo developer. But there was uh, he, wor- he made the previous Broken Sword games along with Charles Cecil. And there was a great announcement. There was uh, a new Broken, not one, but two new Broken Sword games were announced. Um, there was uh, Broken Sword Reforged. So that is basically a remake of Broken Sword. And I know if you're listening, you're probably thinking, wasn't there already a director's cut remake? There was. <laughs> but what they are doing is they are uh, upscaling the graphics. They are using AI. Now, I know that that's kind of become a dirty word. <laughs> um, but Charles Cecil has said an interview um hoping to have him on the podcast very soon so he can explain in more detail uh, about this process. But it's an in-house developed AI tool that they are using and they're still using human animators and artists. So Charles Cecil in previous interviews has said that um, they are eliminating the drudgery from work and then the animators are able to be even more creative, you know, with facial expressions and whatnot and just make the game look even better than it already does. And they're using AI as a tool, uh, but it's not taking work from anybody else, from other people, and it's not replacing people. He was at pain to say that. So, and I think this is the way to use AI, you know, because you still need mm-hmm. humans. Um, but you not, absolutely still need humans. Not only that, but Broken Sword 6 was announced. Broken Sword uh, Parsival Stone, uh, was announced, and this is believe made with Unity. So it's another game. It believes using Qatar's again. Now they had a trailer. Now I know this is audio, um, but would you like to listen to the trailer, see the trailer, and for the people to listen to the trailer, Thomas? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so uh, here is a trailer for the new Broken Sword Six and Shadow to the Templar Reforged. Our trail had led us from the Yorkshire Moors to Berlin, Paris, and now the tiny village of Montsegur, high up in the mountains of the Pyrenees. So here I was, remembering a murderous clown, a deadly explosion, and a day that changed my life forever. Merci beaucoup, monsieur. Sounds like we're in danger. We are. Well, let's get a drink and you can bring me up to speed. I do believe it's your round. Sure. Un vent blanc, coming up. Uh, and if you see a clown... 
So uh, that was Rolf Saxon, who is returning as the voice of George Stobart. Uh, also a really, really nice guy and fantastic actor. Also, he will be appearing again in the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, whenever that comes out. Um, so I think that, well. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, and it looks beautiful, doesn't it? At least um, reforged. It looks 100% broken sword. Yeah, and a new game as well. Um, and they have released two Steam pages for both of these games uh, just before we recorded. So, yeah, you can wishlist these games. And, you know, we've had several games similar to Broken Sword released that have been inspired and have been pretty good as well. But this is the king, kind of. This is like, yeah, Broken Sword is back. This is the game that Charles Cecil is constantly being asked about. When is the next Broken Sword? Well, this is, uh, uh, well, this release is on, on, this news is on par with the new Monkey Island and, yeah, uh, and, and, and the, uh, 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 a new game from uh, Roberta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like when people ask, well, what adventure games do we play? It seems like there are only two adventure games, which are Monkey Island and Broken Sword. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this is the other big one. So Broken Sword, Shadows of the Templar, Reforged will be out in early 2024. Uh, Corey's Revolution and still no release date on Broken Sword 6, but, you know, it's still early days yet, so I would expect maybe 2025. Oh, the announcement is here, and that's the first step. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so in other news now, we'll go through these before the reviews. Um, now, in slightly less good news, but not exactly bad news, uh, Francisco Gonzalez announced on Twitter that he has decided to delay the release of Rosewater. It was scheduled to come out sometime in 2023, but uh, what he said was that he, he wanted to continue working to make it as good as possible, and he wanted to uh, also ensure focus on his own uh, mental and physical health because he said he, he kind of, not rushed through, but he worked really, really hard on his previous game, Lamplight City, and he said that for himself that he wants to kind of, you know, enjoy life a little bit as well while continuing to work on Rosewater. So how dare he, right? How dare he look after his own health? Uh, we expect him to work in 24 hours. Um, am I right, Thomas? Would you agree or am I being entirely unreasonable? Well, <laughs> Francesco is another great guy. We yeah, met him. Lovely guy as well. We've, in we've interviewed him. And uh, I, I would prefer it that he stayed that way. Okay, and fair enough. <laughs> burning, out, burning out is not going to do uh, wonders for his uh, yeah, for his health or his attitude or whatever. So, fair and enough. And also not going to do wonders for the game. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's fair. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, it'll probably be out sometime in uh, 2024. <laughs> But yeah. uh, look, Francisco, however long it takes, there are plenty of other adventure games. As you said, Thomas, we want to make sure that the developers are healthy, that they're not burning out, that they're not uh, working huge overtime. Um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, crunching? Yes, that they're not crunching, if at all possible. Um, so it, but we'll, we'll get it when, when it's released. It's still looking great. Um, so that's Rosewater. And what was just announced just today, the time of recording. Uh, I don't know if you played, Thomas, The Case of the Golden Idol. Have you had a chance to play that? Because I haven't yet. No, I, I got it from a friend. It was very um, very nice present, but I have not been able to play it yet, uh, mainly because of the other two games that I'm going to review in a bit. But Okay, uh, well, it's, it's almost like... I do want to dive into it. It's almost like there are a lot of games out and too little time. Yeah. But 
well, there was one DLC released uh, a few months ago, and today, time recording, they announced that they've released a second DLC, which will tie into the first DLC called Golden Idol Mysteries: The Lemurian Vampire. Now, I've yet to play any of these games, um, but but you uh, did play the Golden Idol, right? I played a demo of it. Oh, you played the demo. Okay. Yeah, Laura played the full game, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Mm-hmm. And from what I played, I loved it. Um, so I hope to play at least these games at some point. Uh, so soon. these, um, the, this DLC, those are uh, new separate cases. I believe. I, again, I haven't played them, and I'm trying not to read too much to avoid spoilers. But from what I do understand, is they are connected to the main game, but they're also kind of separate. That they're hmm. shorter games with extra cases kind of so it's a bit like return of the Obra din but with their own spin on it and the demo is fantastic so you have to find out you know who did what there's uh static screens and then it's put in words in sentences and people love it and i love the demo and i hope to play the, the full game at some point so that is golden idol mysteries the lemurian vampire we'll include links in the show notes and that has that was out today so that's uh exciting um and then there is not one but two new Hercule Poirot uh adventure games uh, uh the first one Agatha Christie Hercule Poirot the London case was released on the 29th of August by Microids uh I believe he's younger when he first meets Hastings and it's set in the heart of London uh that was the 29th of August and uh Murder on the Orient Express um, it will be out according to Steam on the 18th of October 2023. That's his most famous case, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been at least five different movie versions. There's already been a game uh, about a release of it 15 years ago. It wasn't great, unfortunately, I don't think, but hopefully this will be better. So, if you're a fan of Agatha Christie and Murder Mysteries of Hercule Poirot, it's a good time um, as well. So Absolutely. I also need to get around to playing those games. I want to play all the Hercule Poirot games at some point um, as well. I played the previous ones. Um, and then again, talk about another point and click adventure game. Speaking of Tom Hardwich, uh, he has announced that uh, he is working on a new game. Well, sort of a new game because well, uh, yeah. he is kind of extending the, the, um, the, the game he made, like the, there was sort of a demo uh, that he made for a uh, for Adventure X, I believe, the, when it was online. Yeah, um, during COVID, yeah. Yeah, which was called Hair of the Dog, as in hair, you know, the stuff you have on your head. Yeah, H-A-I-R. Um, which was very impressive, by the way. Did you play it? I played it, yeah. I play, Laura played it as well. And I was very, uh, very impressed by the, the fact that he managed to, to create that in, what was it, uh, two weeks or something? Like it was, yeah. it was crazy, and he decided to uh, take the whole premise and make it a complete game. Yeah, and this time it's spelled differently. So instead of hair, it's air, H E I R of the dog. So air of the dog. So another play on words, like Lucy dreaming. Um, yeah. And yeah, so you are correct that it's kind of a new game. It's uh, he's expanding uh, his uh, shorter game they made in two weeks, taking him. I think longer than two weeks to make this game. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, his his games are very challenging, but a lot of fun because yeah. I found Lucy Dreaming. Uh, it it it's a it's a great game. It has some very nice surprises. It's not an easy game 
for a uh, for a newcomer. I th- I thought it was it was a challenging game, and I loved that. So I'm expecting the same from uh, from this game. He is not uh, uh, it's not baby steps that he's, uh, he's taking with with new players. You're just gonna get with the program and play a great game and uh, suffer for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so to speak. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good point you make because uh, people, uh, a lot of people, especially fans of traditional point-and-click adventure games, LucasArts, Sierra, uh, they bemoaning the fact that a lot of new adventure games are not as challenging, which I think is fair enough. Um, but this game is a bit, is a return, I think, to the traditional era of adventure games, but they're very good. I don't think the puzzles are illogical, but they are difficult. No, no. So they are quite they challenging. They make sense. From what I've played of Lucy Dreaming, at least. And there's, there, have been, there have been a few times when I, uh, when I was stuck and I found out what to do and I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that is Air of the Dog. That is on Steam. You can wishlist that uh, whenever you wish. Uh, hey, that's... <laughs> um, and then there's another game, uh, Sleepy Time Village. Uh, have you played... Um, oh, Mystery of uh, Woolly Mountain. Uh, you know... The... I've played the demo. I've, yes. not been, I've not yet played the full game. Uh, neither have I from the Lightfoot Bros, who I met in London at WASD, and he was on James Lightfoot was on the um, on the podcast from the very beginning as well. Uh, well, yeah. they're working on a new game called Sleepy Time Village. Uh, I played it at WASD, and they've released a demo now publicly, and they will have a Kickstarter very soon. I don't know when it's going to be, um, but I really enjoyed the demo for again from what I've played of it. So basically, you play as um, I don't know if you can relate, Thomas, but uh, uh, an overworked uh, man who is working uh, long hours and he's uh, um, so basically, you know, he's under a lot of pressure in life and he's in a taxi and then he wakes up in this kind of like like a children's cartoon and he has to try and get out. So but it's kind of creepy from the demo that I played with a narrator that you hear at children's programs. But in this context, it's kind of creepy. And there is, I should add as well, there is swearing in the game, um, in the oh. demos. So it is quite more else different to this game. But uh, James Lightfoot, the Lightfoot brothers also have challenging puzzles in their game. So from what I played, um, they were typically you know, inventory puzzles. And um, so and it was point and click. So if you like that, if you want to point and click adventure game, uh, you can play the demo Sleepy Time Village and back it on Kickstarter whenever it comes out. I'll include a link to the pre-Kickstarter page. So that is Sleepy Time Village. It looks gorgeous, by the way. Um, and yeah. Now another point-and-click adventure game that uh, it, it was announced about 10 years ago and finally it is uh, coming out um, from Animation Arts. Uh, the developers of the Secret File series and Lost Horizon games, uh, they've announced Monolith will be released on the 29th of September, 2023. They've also released a demo. Um, it is, um, and yeah, it's a sci-fi game. You play a space explorer, Tessa Carter. And uh, yeah, you try you have to try and escape this foreign environment, this foreign planet. I haven't played a demo myself, but it looks fantastic. I really liked at least the first Lost Horizon game and I played his first Secret Files to Guska. So again, they're 2D point-and-click adventure games and um, quite challenging as well, but fair uh, a lot of times. Um, puzzles. So that is Monolith. 
uh, for something a little bit different. Um, uh, the Invincible. Have you have you read any of uh, Isaac Asimov's stories? Uh, I think I have, but it's been a long time ago. Or seen iRobot or any of those. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen, I think I've read iRobot, but okay, or the, the well, book that it's based on. Yeah, well, this is um, a similar. It's called The Invincible. It is based on the novel by uh, Stanislaw Lem. So again, and it's similar to Isaac Asimov. Uh, Laura played a demo of this. It is, again, it's set on a planet in space and you have to, uh, it says it's a philosophical story that's driven by science. Um, And this game is coming out on 6th of November, 2023. Um, So people can check that out. Uh, Nearly there before we get to reviews. Uh, Another point of click (laughs) demo that uh, uh, demo has been released is uh, Legends of Castile. Um, this now I played a little bit of this. This is interesting. So in this, okay, case, that's Castile in Spain. Uh, yeah. So it's set in Spain and from Spanish developers, uh, Torresno Entertainment. Uh, so did you play in, it in Spanish? I did. I, you can kind of you can change the language. So I played in both Spanish and English. I was kind of changing to see ah. um what uh you know the differences and uh, the English seems to be good. It seems to be, you know, very well translated. And in Spanish as well, obviously, uh, is, you know, the first language. It's set in 19th century Spain in the region of Castile. And it's about traditional legends about folk creatures in Spain. Um, oh, so, fine. yeah, so you are, I believe you're on the run. You take shelter in a house. You get uh, this man there as well. And in the demo, you have to collect ingredients to uh, make breakfast. And I don't want to spoil it, but when you do collect ingredients, something happens that was very surprising um, <laughs> that I did not expect. So again, it looks really, really nice. Um, they have said that they will hopefully have voice actors and well, acting in the uh, full release. But uh, yeah, no, this is a game that looks interesting. Uh, so that is Legends of Castile. Um, there, now, this is also interesting. Another game called Cabernet, uh, C-A-B-E-R-N-E-T. Uh, in this game, it's from Party for Introverts, uh, and I interviewed them about this game. This interview will be going up on the podcast in the next few weeks and months, so we'll be hearing more about this game. In this game, you play as a vampire, um, oh. and you, you have to make choices in the game. So you have to kind of control your lust for blood to try and be like, quote-unquote, good vampire, or do you just go nuts? Um, they've also said to developers that it's kind of like philosophical questions as well, like to talk about more about society as well in general uh, in the game. But it looks really good and it's set in kind of 18th century. I don't think it's in England. I think it's a uh, fictional. Yes, it's 19th century uh, Eastern Europe. And you play as Liza, a young vampire struggling with her morality and the supernatural world she has been pulled into. Uh, so prepare to explore themes of social conflict, alcoholism, and corruption. So uh, yeah, so that is coming out uh, soon to 2024. We'll hear more about that game. Demo is also out, um, I believe, or it was out at least for Steam Visual uh, Novel Fest, but it's a game that I think to keep an eye on. So that is Cabernet. Uh, and then finally, um, 
there is another, for something different, it's a first-person puzzle game series called The Room, and it's not the not the worst movie ever made. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so also not this, based on the worst movie It's not ever based made. on this. This is, uh, this is um, based on, so this is The Room series. It's celebrating its 10th anniversary. So 10 years ago it was released, and it's going to be a 10th anniversary sale across Switch, Steam, and Mobile in September. So... September 2023. So if you're listening to this in September 2023, yeah, go nuts. You can get these games uh cheaper price. If not, you can still get them. I've read good things and heard good things about them. Uh, oh, they won in a BAFTA, apparently. So yeah, so it's mainly puzzle-focused as well. So that is The Room. Then finally, I have never played these games. Have you played uh, the Clock Tower series? No, I don't think so. It, now, this is more survival horror-ish from what I know. But apparently, limited run, I believe, are uh, are re-releasing the game, um, and I think that they are. Yes, I I just heard about this, uh, so I should have uh, <laughs> prepared. But it's um, again, I've never played them, but they do look. Uh, it does look interesting. I know it's a very popular series of games. Um, so yeah, Clock Tower. Uh, and it's a, it's actually to port announced for PS5, Xbox, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, we will include a link to um, an article which explains more about it um, if people want to know more. So that is a new Clock Tower port coming uh, sometime in very uh, soon in the future. Cool. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to, that I didn't mention? <laughs> no, I think you were pretty thorough. Um Ooh. There were a couple of these games that you mentioned that had demos out, and I think yes. you played some of them. Can you give a very brief uh, first in first um, impression? Yes. Well, probably my I, I played a couple of demos. Uh, I played Sleepy Time Village, which I enjoyed very very much. And said so that's where you play as the overworked, stressed father and husband, and he ends up in this children's uh, story time world, and he's to try and get out. Um, but, I mean, the visuals in that look absolutely fantastic. Uh, the acting is very good. It's kind of like from a comic book artist. And it looks like comic book visuals as well. So I think that's definitely one to keep an eye on. That is one I'm really looking forward to. Kickstarter, as I mentioned, will be out very soon. And as I mentioned, Legends of Castile, which I played and very much enjoyed as well, um, which deals with um, the... Uh, you know, the folk creature, the folk tales in, in Spain. So you can find out about that as well. It also looks really good as well. And as I said, there's a surprise, you know, there's kind of a twist in that game uh, midway through the demo, which at least surprised me. So I think that's always good. And then two other demos, which I haven't played, but which are good, as I mentioned, are Cabernet, where you play the vampire, and Monolith from Animation Arts. So uh, yeah, I encourage people to check those games out. So... Um, so, uh, before well, well, yeah, you're not you're not finished <laughs> talking yet. Because yeah, will... uh, tell tell us a bit about Patreon. So, if uh, if you're still listening <laughs> <laughs> through all that, uh, we are an independent uh, podcast. Uh, we there are different ways that people can help us if you so wish. Uh, so, first of all, we are on Patreon. Um, we uh, so if you do go on Patreon to help support us. Uh, you will be getting these episodes um, before, at least 24 hours before they go out publicly for everyone else. There's some extra episodes, there's some spoiler special interviews that I did. There's some extra uh, content that I did. So 
it includes uh, the pre-interview that I had with Ken and Roberta Williams. So what everybody else saw or heard was uh, my interview with Roberta Williams. But before um, I did the official interview, I was chatting with her and Ken Williams. They gave some interesting tidbits as well. Now they were recording, so it's not like they were they were aware. It's all above board. But this is for um, Patreon. You can see extra as well, and some extra, some other extra things as well. You'd also be helping us out. And the money, um, it does go back into the adventure game community. For example, we did use the Patreon money to help sponsor Adventure X last year. And um, and we will see. And if uh, people have heard rumors that we are using um, the Patreon money to fund our uh, overseas bank account in Cayman Islands, uh, that is not true. I can assure you um, I am using money from my grandmother. Uh, <laughs> an overseas bank account but not Patreon money so I hope that's clear um, <laughs> so that is uh, patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast and also I was joking about that as well about my grandmother in case people didn't realize um, no I wasn't anyway uh, so yeah you can also review this podcast if you so wish give us five stars people already voted for it somehow to be one of the best podcasts so thank you but you can also review it also helps adventure game developers and narrative game developers that we mentioned. It helps us get more publicity and more people to listen and more people aware of these great games that we talk about. So it helps these developers as well. So uh, also if you share links to this episode and share links on Discord and social media, that also helps as well. Uh, so yeah, I think. Anything else that I forgot to mention? I don't think so. You're pretty yeah. thorough there. Yeah. Okay, well, people have we heard... Should, I think, should take a few breaths first. Yeah, I think people yeah. have heard enough from me. Uh, so, uh, Thomas... People have you... never heard enough from you, Sergio. You know <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. You're, you're too kind, Thomas. <laughs> well, look, people, we haven't heard much from you yet. So, um, you said, I believe... Uh, do, do you want to talk about a little bit about the Monkey Island game, or do you want to leave that to last? No, I'll, let me I'll start let with the... You want to start um, with that? Because um, well, it so was what, what, so what it, it was it's... a bit of a yeah, it was a bit of a bombshell when when this was dropped. As, yeah, when it was announced, because Sea of Thieves, the um, the Microsoft game where you can play, uh, it's um, it's a co-op game where you basically play a, play a bunch of pirates. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean, the game, um, and you can do all kinds of stuff, and you can sail your own uh, your own boat and fight other players and. Hunt for treasures or booty, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> now, um, you'd think that a, a, a matchup with Monkey Island that would be like mana from heaven. Um, however, Monkey Island is an adventure game, a point-and-click adventure game. A Sea of Thieves is an action game because you're yeah you're fighting uh, skeletons and bad guys and shooting. Uh, cannons and, and, and sailing uh, the seven seas. Um, so how would that work? I played it because it, as it turns out, I have two friends who are very, um, very into Sea of Thieves. So they invited me and another friend to um, join the party. So we were a party of four on the pirate ship and we um, set sail for Monkey Island. So I played the first chapter of this, uh, of this game and um you have to realize that this is that the part of monkey island um is you're not playing against other players 
So you're you're merely experiencing the story. So it's kind of like they managed to pull an adventure game into Sea of Thieves. So you you literally set sail for Monkey Island. You go through a portal. Uh, you get you get those missions and and you go through a portal and then you end up at uh, Malay Island um, in the future uh, and and not not like science fiction future but you know it, it takes place after the the the, the first game, Monkey Island games and um, well you have to uh, you you can visit in the first chapter uh, all the, the the places that you know from the game uh, in in the ta- in town you can't leave town yet. Uh, so you uh, you get you get to go into the governor's mansion. You get to see um, uh, the the scum bar. You can go fish for red herrings. Uh, you can do all kinds of things that are uh, uh, yeah in touch with um, uh, with Monkey Island. And you play and, with other people. Sorry to interrupt, but you play. Yes, with... you you play with other. Well, we play with the four of us. I think you could probably play with two people. You might even be able to play it alone. Um, we played with four. It was a blast. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we battled skeletons and 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 other um, uh, other bad guys. Uh, we we busted someone out of jail, not by uh, pouring grog on the <laughs> on the locks. I tried to do that. It didn't work. Oh. <laughs> uh, I couldn't. I could pour. I could get grog, but I couldn't pour it on the. So we just blew it up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I, so you I, solve I, puzzles together, or how does it work? Or yeah, you get you get these, these little or... missions, and um, you just uh, uh, yeah, you you go out and about, and you can also open all kinds of uh, uh, um, like in the game in Sea of Thieves, the game itself, you have all these barrels where you can get um, items from. You see those all all around uh, Melee Island, and um, you can enter some of the houses. Uh, you can. I, I I walked across the roofs. It is all completely three D, and um, a, a, a lot of it is accessible. It is really fun to walk around um, Melee Island like this. Um, I could the, the 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 furthest that I could explore was in the governor's mansion, where you meet a very familiar person. Um, not Elaine. Because Elaine is no longer governor of uh, Melee Island, it is uh, the, the 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 most famous person coming out of uh, out of Monkey Island because that's where you meet. Um... Yeah. yeah? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So don't know if we can. Yeah, we can Guybrush. People... That's where you meet Guybrush. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> On the trailer, and this is set, I believe, it's after Curse of Monkey Island. So they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Oh, sounds great. I mean, I look forward to So you can play this, I believe, on your own or with different people. Uh, so it is like an adventure you're exploring or solving. I, I don't know if it's... you can play it on your own. Uh, I don't know if you can play Sea of Thieves on your own. I've never tried that. I've okay, always been well, with but... two or more people. Mm. Um, so uh, if you can play Sea of Thieves on your own, then you can also play this edition of Monkey Island on your own because it's it's kind of a um, self... Uh, self Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Okay, I don't know the right the right word for it, but uh, it looked great. It I had a blast doing it. My friends had a blast doing it. Um, even and though is they it, uh, is there any action in it? Is there a thing? Oh hell CTs yeah! Is an action game? Of course, there is action in it. So, I was blasting away the Chuck's uh, skeletons with uh, with Grog. Oh okay. <laughs> it is completely. I I found uh, even though um, the original developers were not. Um, 
involved in this, I found that they managed to, um, yeah, uh, capture the spirit of Monkey Island and especially capture the look of Monkey Island. Um, because to be honest, Sea of Thieves already looks like it's uh, it's it's kind of in Monkey Island style. Yeah. And uh, because it's based on Pirates of the Caribbean, and Pirates of the Caribbean is obviously based on Monkey Island. So uh, no, it it, uh, it was it um, was a lot of fun. I'm sorry, but there is also a Pirates of the Caribbean section to Sea of Thieves, I believe. I've never played Probably, Sea of yeah. Thieves, but I did hear that they included a Pirates of the Caribbean. So it makes sense that they would include Monkey Island, but it's... Uh, yeah, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And that's the main thing, uh, if it's yeah. fun. Whatever kind of, if it, if it was action or whatever. Um, but I've heard very good things about it. And I, as I said, I look forward to playing it, hopefully with you guys in the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, um, and I look forward to playing the the, the the next chapter because when I was on the I top play of chapter the, one. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we, I've we finished chapter one, so we can we can we can start on chapter two. But I was on the lookout uh, point, and I could already see some things. Uh, for Ooh. instance, the, uh, the 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 circus tent. Uh, I couldn't reach it yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to exploring that because I'm pretty sure that uh, those locations will come up uh, little uh, by little. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I, I think personally, I think it's great for the uh, for the Monkey Island franchise that you know we had returned to Monkey Island last year, um, and now this year, even though it's not quote unquote an adventure game, Legend of Monkey Island, it's still does from what you're saying, there seems to be enough adventure game elements that you can play multiplayer. And I think, um, I mean, that sounds great to explore these locations. I think with a group of friends. Um, I, I think it's great. Um, I mean, yep. we'll be reviewing hopefully next month's episode, Whispers in the West. Uh, it's also a multiplayer adventure game set in obviously the West that Kira and I have been playing. Hopefully, other people will join us. Um, next time, you know, when we play more cases, but I think it's great that they're multiplayer kind of like narrative and adventure games. That yeah, and, and what, what was the one uh, called that we played a couple of years back during the pandemic? Something in time, something clock, something. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the, the name escapes me at the moment, but it was also it's, a lot of fun. Yeah, that, so that and that was because uh, there, there are puzzle games which people can play online. And yeah, and now there's more and more puzzle and narrative games. Oh yeah, the other game that we were playing, which was a platforming game, which. <laughs> oh yeah, but that was It Takes Two. That it was also two. fun. But great, it was a great game. It was hard for us. Yeah, we're not good. We weren't good, especially me. You were better than me at that game. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's hard to not be better than you at that game. I mean, that's true. I am not very good at platforming it, but, but I was able to get through it. But we, we had able... so much fun again. Oh, that, it was that fantastic. Was the point. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get back to it at some point. At some point, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of fun, uh, but yes. So this, is, so this is Sea of Thieves, Monkey Island. So, but you, you do need to buy the full Sea of Thieves game, and then Monkey Island is yeah. Or it's also if you play on PC, it's also on the um, uh, the Game Pass. Oh, okay, that's, that's how I so got it. Perfect. So Game Ca- yeah. Game Pass, Xbox, or uh, PC, or um, yeah. So uh, perfect. So yeah, Sea of Thieves, Monkey Island, and recommendation from Thomas. So sorry, Thomas, I interrupted you again. Yeah, because um, you played a different game called Harmony: The Fall mm-hmm. of uh, uh, The Fall of Reverie. Uh, do you want to uh, check out a trailer first before you go into yes, that one? Yes, before I talk about this game. So, uh, yeah, let's let's watch a trailer uh, for Harmony: The Fall of Reverie, and uh, I will be playing a trailer right now.
every day you wake up in a new dimension. Who are you? I'm... I'm Polly. Actually, you're harmony for us over here. We will aid you in any way we can. Aspirations are intrinsically linked to your world and your kind. Surprise! Okay, so that is Harmony, The Fall of Reverie from Dotnod. Dotnod, of course, are developers of Life is Strange, Life is Strange 2, uh, Tell Me Why, and uh, Twin Mirror. So uh, apart from Life is Strange 2, which I haven't played yet, all games that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I mean, Life is Strange, I think, is up there. I know that Laura might have had a few issues, and I do agree with some of them, but I just think that uh, the story overall in that game in particular um is great so they're well-known narrative developers one of the you know big uh narrative game companies and in their latest game harmony the fall of Everett, they also published uh gerda uh flame and winter uh and i spoke to the developer of that game as well also fantastic game uh set in denmark during world war ii and make some tough decisions so back to this game uh you saw the trailer there thomas and everyone listening heard the trailer uh, you play as Polly, and uh, Polly is from the uh, fictional island in South Europe called Athena. Her mother has disappeared, so she's back in that uh, island. And when she is in the, the house that belongs to her mother, which is also a community center, which will play a big role later on in the game, she see she sees a a necklace. So I'm going to try and explain as best I can the story of this game. So she sees a necklace that is glowing blue that's floating in the air, and then it the, the necklace just flies into the bathtub, which has full of water, and it sort of invisibly brings Polly with her. So she kind of falls, jumps into the bathtub, and she ends up, as you saw in the trailer, in another kind of dimension. And uh, so this. There she meets these characters, which are they're not gods as such, they're more aspirations. So from what I understood of the game, they're kind of like the emotions of the people. So they're linked with us. The two worlds are linked. This world, which is called Reverie, and our world, which they call Brittle. They have said that there is a bond between the two worlds, but the bond is breaking, and that means that the two worlds are going to collapse. Uh, so bad things are going to happen. So you are the Oracle, the chosen one. You have to try and fix the bond, repair the bond between the two worlds. Um, and as you saw in the trailer as well, that you have to kind of choose, do you want any of the aspirations to kind of take charge of that world? You also try and find out what happened to your mother. And there's also an evil multinational company Take your pick which company it's based on uh, that are buying more and more smaller companies in uh, Athena. They also own drones, which are they say are used to develop, to send packages, but really that's to spy on people. So you have to find out, you know, well, what's happening with them? Are they involved as well? 
Uh, so, and there's also something called a Gregor, which is a liquid that combines the two worlds or something. I don't know. Uh, so, did you follow that? Did you get that, Thomas? <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah. I followed a bit of it. So, I, I'll start with what I liked about the game, first of all. Um as you saw from as you saw from the trailer, it looks beautiful. It, uh, the it artwork, is stunning. It's stunning. It's probably one of the most beautiful games of the year that I've played, if not the most beautiful. It it does look absolutely fantastic. The just the artwork, the art style, the backgrounds in this game. There aren't a huge amount of cutscenes in the game, but what little cutscenes we have, a few cutscenes we have, are beautiful. Um, with the animations as well. It really could be a Pixar movie. It's really, really gorgeous. Uh, the, the acting is also very, very good. It's of a very high standard. There isn't any actor that doesn't give a good performance in this game. Um, and I thought the story, I mean, there are parts of it, I think, that are interesting aspects that I think that are interesting. It's, you know, similar to The Longest Journey, which people might, you know, you go to different dimensions and you have to try and repair both, you know, the bond of boats. Um, and uh, and then with gameplay-wise, so this is a visual novel, so it's very different to previous Don't Nod games. Uh, this is a visual novel, and the only kind of gameplay as such is um, a type of grid that, uh, so when you make decisions, when you're speaking to characters, character speaking, and then you go to the screen and you have these kind of circles and you have to click on one and then it'll take you to different parts in the screen and what's interesting in this game is you can so the character polly or harmony in that world uh you can see kind of the future so you can see the effects of some of the decisions so if you make one decision uh then you can see one character says we'll leave the group or if you make another decision this other character will leave for for example so that you know, at least the idea behind it was quite interesting. It took me about seven, eight hours, so it's long enough as well. Uh, so there are parts that I really liked about this game. Unfortunately, overall, it didn't really work for me. I did have some quite big issues with this game. First of all, the story. As I, I attempted to explain the story, now some of this could be me being dense because that happens, but in my opinion, first of all, the story is unnecessarily complex. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on, but also the way that the story was told. You are, what I told you about the story, we are told that from the very, very beginning of the game. So from the tutorial, it's just that you're thrown all of this exposition at you without really any context. So we're not given any time to learn about the character of Polly, about the world. It's just, you see this flying orb, jump into the bat and then you're in this new world and then they're throwing all of these terms at you that, you know, aspirations, egregor, telling you it's just like an info dump right at the very beginning of the game. And you know, that's, that's saying, you know, show, don't tell. There's a lot of telling in this game. And I'm going to be honest, I did but find... But it is a visual novel. True, but there are still. I've played some visual novels this year. For example, Tron Identity, which I think also has like a high concept kind of world. I thought the story in that game was told much better. You find out more about the characters and the world as you go along. Um, and in this game, you are correct. It is a visual novel, so there's a lot of uh, dialogue, which doesn't really bother me. But it's just, I think that it would have been better if they had given us some time to 
explore the world, to get to know a bit about the characters, the relationship between Polly and some of the characters um, first before they throw. And also, I think, just give us little by little some of the exposition, because I did find it a little bit tedious, if I'm honest, at this beginning. And I was thinking, I'm not sure I can continue. And it and it was a shame. So it kind of like it was feeling a bit down on the game. The game does get better uh, once you really get into it. Um, but I did find it challenging from the very beginning. Um, also with the story, it is character focused, which I think is good. One of the good things that I forgot to mention is the representation. First of all, the main character Polly is uh, uh, is a person of of color. She's a uh, you know, a female main ta- uh, protagonist as well. There are LGBTQ characters. There's a non-binary character. And then there's two characters in an open relationship. And all of this is treated as normal. There's no judgment. It's not a big deal. It's just that's who they are. And that's the situation that they're in. So I think that is really good in that sense. So that's that's good. But also with the story, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but when it reaches some dramatic moments. It, there are times when it kind of goes yada, yada, yada. So these big dramatic things happen that it describes. And then it goes back to characters feeling sad and it spends a long time on that. So I think I would have preferred a little bit of a balance. Now, uh, as you heard, the acting is really good, but um, the the music is also very good. But again, in the dramatic moment, it's still the same. It's still kind of, peaceful as you heard in the trailer and so it's kind of the the dramatic tension didn't really work for me because of this as well it felt like the game was more focused on uh just the characters most of the time and so the dramatic parts didn't really work for me uh for that also with the gameplay the grid system it is interesting and one of the good things about that is it kind of uh made me want to continue playing uh so just just one more just one more time but that's kind of it as terms of gameplay. Now, again, it is a visual novel, but there, you could still add more gameplay, I believe, at least. Um, so it's I, I think that um, it, it was kind of disappointing that you are spending most of the time clicking through long dialogues. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, and unfortunately, and you don't have to click. You can also just click, you know, just add the dialogues. You don't have to click, so you can just watch. Um, so I would have preferred, against just some more to the game, just more to choices. Also, it's kind of strange that you can see what kind of happens. I think it is interesting overall, but it kind of sometimes kind of spoilers that it's like, oh, wait, so do I want to know if this happens? Um, also, the graphics, they are beautiful, but... Uh, they they reuse many of the same scenes over and over again, so some of the same backgrounds. So again, I would have liked a little bit more variety uh, to the to the locations, um, and yeah, and it kind of surprised me because certainly with the storytelling part of the game, Don't Nod are well known for telling good stories. The Life is Strange, uh, Tell Me Why, and Twin Mirror, but at this game. I don't know. There are good parts of it, but overall, it didn't really work for me. Um, I was also far more invested in the real character in the real world, in Brittle, more so than the aspirations. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, if you compare to Longest Journey, Longest Journey had its own issues of long dialogues as well, but that takes its time to get to know the characters and the world as well, which just came, didn't it throws you right into the deep end right from the beginning. And I personally think it would have been better if, it, if they had just waited. Just, yeah, give us exposition, but later. And also drip feels a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it is a shame. I went in really wanting to really like it, expecting to like it. I'm a big fan of Don't Nods and the previous games. But this game, while I did enjoy parts of it, uh, overall, it didn't quite work for me overall for these reasons that, that I mentioned, which is a shame. But look, I still believe in them. I still will play their next game. They have some games coming up that look really interesting. And uh, yeah, hopefully. Also, I think I should also say that other people did like it. It got a mostly positive mm-hmm. uh, rating on Steam. Other reviewers, um, I think it's gotten an 8 out of 10 and 4 out of 5. So other people, other opinions are available. and Other people did really like this game. But yeah, I was overall a bit disappointed with it, unfortunately. Um, don't know if you have any you questions. You could say there. that this was not a game for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, these issues as well. I mean, for me, I don't know. Other people did like it, but yeah, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. If you do really like uh, visual novels, um, if you don't mind uh, very long dialogue, long exposition, and yeah, then sure. But uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of wish that the storytelling had been a bit different and but yeah, so Harmony the Fall of Reverie, it is available on Steam for PCs, available on Nintendo Switch and PS5 and Xbox, if you want to check it out. Cool. So, uh, what else are we? Oh, so, uh, Thomas, you, you spoke about Dave the Diver a little bit uh, last month. I believe there is a trailer for it um, that I saw. Shall we just play the trailer? And How about you- we play the trailer? And then you can talk about it. Meet Dave, an interesting little human with a precarious love for the sea. He spends his days diving the chilling depths of a mysterious blue hole. And when he isn't merely surviving or rummaging resources, he's often found snapping photographs, racing seahorses, farming, and really anything that grabs his attention. It's this gluttonous appetite for adventure that gets him into all kinds of unique situations. Luckily, he's at the top of his game and at the top of the food chain. Oh boy, I suppose even the most voracious hunters have their off days. The sun sets as the vibrant lights of a sushi bar gleam over the ocean. Dave, still hard at work, is faced with the most ravenous of species. Patrons! And while cooking, serving, and pouring drinks aren't the most treacherous part of his job, they're unequivocally crucial to his survival. The Blue Hole is home to unimaginable secrets. And with Dave's unquenchable thirst for discovery, there's no telling what he may encounter. Dive in and guide Dave through the dangerously dark depths of the daunting deep sea. Dave the Diver. Well. Looks interesting. A lot going on there. Oh, man. And this is the second kind of fishing underwater game that you play this year after Dredge. Dredge? Dave the Diver, Sea of Thieves, Monkey Island, 
I think the, um, it used to be bone, Stasis Bone Totem. That's on the water as well. On, on the water as well. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm starting to find a, a theme for my for this year for me. Well, there's but, another uh, game that has just been released, Under the Waves, from published by yes. Quantic Dream. So that's another. And game I have and I have Vern also on the, which is also about you know the Jules Vern's uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm very much uh, enjoying uh, life under the ocean at the moment. Under the sea, you're enjoying. Under the sea, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but this this is something really special. Uh, Dave the Diver, you wouldn't know it from the name, because it is one of the most it's the, one of the silliest names for a game, to be honest. But um, the game is fantastic. Uh, it's not a traditional point, uh, adventure game, point and click adventure game at all. It is actually uh, it's a, it's got everything. It's got everything, uh, as you could hear from the. From the trailer, there's this blue hole that um, appeared, and in this blue hole, there are all these all all these kinds of fish that really shouldn't be there. Um, also, those that should be there, but also a lot of those that shouldn't be there. So this it, this this blue hole creates uh, an environment, depending on where the depth you are, that you can find all kinds of fish, and Pancho. He is another character in the game. He opened a sushi shop. Uh, he is a um, very he is a chef, a, a master chef, a master sushi chef. I think there's a special name for that, but uh, uh, that uh, escapes me at the moment. Um, and he hires Dave to get him the fish he needs for his sushi. So what happens is um, the game is basically... Uh, you have three uh, parts of the day, morning, uh, afternoon, evening. And morning and afternoon, are you, uh, you spend those diving uh, in the deep, uh, depending on your equipment or how deep you can go, and catching fish. Uh, in the beginning, you're catching smaller fish. And later on, you're catching sharks and God knows what else uh, you're going to uh, approach. And um, once... The fishing is done. You go to the sushi bar, and then you um, have to uh, work as a as a waiter in the sushi bar. But you also uh, uh, decide the the menu. You hire the people. Uh, you do. You have to completely manage the the sushi place. Now, this may may sound a bit, um, yeah, like why would I play that? Well, because it's. It's really good, uh, and what I especially like is that um, the uh, the learning curve is very is very good at the beginning. So um, first you learn how to fish, then you learn how to uh, handle the sushi place, and uh, once you've done that a few times, then the story comes in. But the story is intricately tied to uh, to the sushi place and everything else around it. So you uh, the more you get in. Um, the more you get into the game, the the more options you get. Um, for instance, if you uh, if you catch a fish uh, by shooting it, it is very low quality. If you catch a fish by shooting it with a harpoon, it is higher quality. But if you catch a fish alive, for instance, by using a tranquilizer or using a net, then it's the highest quality. And and eventually, you can also start breeding those fishes. Um, the game just keeps adding new things without 
becoming overcomplicated. And it, the game also constantly throws you curveballs that you did not expect, because otherwise it wouldn't be a curveball, but also that, that, that just break up the thing of the game that you were doing and you have to do something completely different. Um, it's had all these kinds of mini games. It has um, it has a lot of humor. It looks fantastic. the The pixel art is magnificent, uh, and yeah, this the story is just a lot of fun. And you earn money in by by managing the sushi place. Well, and with that money, you can upgrade your equipment. When you upgrade your equipment, you can dive deeper. You can uh, hunt, uh, hunt bigger fish. Um, and you can come across uh, more and more secrets of the deep. Uh, so, for instance, if in the beginning you're um, you're, you're catching clownfish and uh, you know all these small fish and an occasional bigger fish, and if you see a shark, you swim the hell out of there because you cannot handle a shark. While later in the later stages of the game, you uh, you you dive like 450 meters down. And you actively hunt sharks because they make you a lot of money. Uh, so that's that's because uh, you got, you become better and better at the game, <laughs> and your equipment beca- uh, gets better and better. And yeah, you just discover more and more. And it's it's so much fun to do, and it looks so good. Um, and then then these there are these boss fights that you have. Um, these are all different. Like all these weird creatures, I think the first boss fight you have is with a kraken, um, and it's it's tough, but it's doable. And then the second boss fight, I think I came, uh, I did was like you have to fight a a white shark. And um, <laughs> in the meantime, you also collect all these. The the more fish you collect, the more different fish you collect, I should say. You get these cards, and you can do mini quests like uh, collect uh, 25 blue seashells, 25 pink seashells, and 25 brown seashells. Well, the brown seashells are no problem. The blue seashells neither, but the pink seashells, you have to get deeper. So you automatically have all these incentives to improve your your equipment. And then you get like a Tamagotchi thing on your your phone. You you, you do everything by phone. And then you uh, get emails, for instance, for, oh, in three days, we're going to have a shrimp party. So you're going to try and catch as many shrimp as possible because that gives you a huge boost if you can sell them on the night of the shrimp party. And then and then at one point, you, you will be able to dive um, uh, in the night, which means that you can dive for different uh, different fish. <coughs> it's This game is so well done and so well balanced and well thought of and funny and uh, I just can't stop playing it. Like I finished the story. I'm 90 hours in. I finished the story already, but I just keep playing because uh, I, I don't have. Uh, I, I want to keep uh, upgrading my sushi restaurant. I want to keep upgrading the the, the recipes I got. I want to find out the new recipes. <laughs> there is so much to do in this game without again, uh, without it feeling overwhelming. It just, uh, yeah, it, 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 the gameplay is, is, is fantastic. I played it on the Steam Deck, and it, it, it's almost as if it was made for Steam for Deck. Steam Deck. <laughs> it, 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 it works great. Um, yeah, there is so much going on there. Uh, this is one of the, yeah, this is, this 
it's probably a top 10 game of all time for me. Wow. That's so, so you liked it then? No, I wish. I... <laughs> yeah, of course I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a, a lot. Uh, there, there are not that many games that I don't like that I put 90 hours in. <laughs> wow. 90 <laughs> and, hours. And still playing. Yeah. And again, I already finished the storyline. Wow. So, <laughs> and, and sometimes I just put off the storyline because there was a shark uh, party coming on and I wanted to do that first before I dived even deeper into the into the oceans. It just, you know, it, all every aspect um, of this game was fun. Uh, except wow. one boss. That was frustrating. <laughs> that was one boss fight that was so extremely frustrating um, that I had to look up how to do it on YouTube and then still fail 20 times. So when the next boss fight came up, I was totally prepared to get frustrated and I beat that one in three times. So wow. um, the way this works, by the way, like if you you can take damage in uh, in the normal gameplay, you can you can take damage, but that means that your uh, oxygen goes down. So you can uh, uh, you have this much oxygen, but you can find ways of replen replenishing your oxygen. But if your oxygen is uh, fully gone and you didn't make it to the surface, you die, and that means that only one thing that you caught. Uh, you can take with you to the boat. Otherwise, you take everything you catch uh, to the boat. So you don't want to die because then you can lose some some very good stuff. Um, however, once you get into a boss fight, you're going to die. Uh, maybe not in the first one, but you're definitely going to have meet up with a boss that you, you won't be able to beat the first time, so you're going to have a few tries. So uh, if you die in a boss fight, you just start over with the same equipment but your uh, um, uh, your oxygen fully replenished, and you can try again. And if you win the boss fight, then you just continue with the amount of oxygen you had left after the boss fight and the equipment that you had left after the boss fight. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Like There's besides a lot fishing, to this game. That <laughs> there is so much to this game, and it just keeps uh, surprising me. Like at one point. Uh, all of a sudden, you get this cutscene where I was, where I got to play a different character, and all of, I was in a chase uh, sequence. All of a sudden, uh, being chased by pirates, and I had to uh, uh, avoid the pirates and avoid the the <coughs> uh, the rocks. Now, most of these uh, cutscenes and most of these mini games, I got through uh, fairly decent, um, not perfect, but uh, I didn't like. So sometimes you had to try again, um, but then. Like if the, if there was an extended thing that you would uh, that were always parts where you could see okay if I die here I would start again there instead of start all over again. <clears throat> that depends a bit on the uh, on the um, on the on the mini game. Like at one point you also have to uh, um, actually help Bancho create a specific meal that you collected the. Um, uh, ingredients for to uh, impress judges so you can have a higher score and you can hire more people and um, uh, like all these um, uh, shit, what's it called like Telltale have them as well uh, um, quick time events quick time events yeah like uh, press A to cut uh, like uh, you press A and then you cut the meat 
of, of the fish and you have to press a couple of times okay you cut the meat perfectly or there's a, a little bit of rhythm thing in there where you every time but it, it, it makes total sense when you when uh maybe not when i tell it the way i tell it now but when you play it it makes total sense and it's it's challenging but not too challenging i think even you could uh even i could do. <laughs> uh, could do the arc could do the uh the action sequences uh because Again, I'm not as brilliant in those as either, but uh, the the tough ones just uh, come later in the game when you're used to using Dave uh, with his harpoon and his gun and, and whatever you know, uh, and because the um, the learning curve is not that steep. There's only one point in the game where there is a jump in the learning curve, which is when you get to the glacial areas. Then the game becomes. Uh, um, harder than you expect but even then uh, once you get used to that uh, you won't have any issues continuing well unless you're very very bad but um, there is there is just so much going on in this game and it's so much fun and now I, I like eventually now i have a i have a fish farm i have a regular farm i have a seaweed farm and you think how is that manageable it's so much yeah but it, it's actually not that hard to manage all of that, mm. you know, you just get into a rhythm of, of you know, oh, the morning starts. Oh, well, there, were pro there are some crops ready, so I'll go to the to the farm, get the crops, put plant some new crops, go back to the boat, uh, get the, uh, the 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 fish that are uh, uh, that yeah, you're breeding fish. So sometimes you get too much fish. Well, you send those to the kitchen, or you send those to your second branch because you're franchising at one point. <laughs> yeah, it gets it's good. And again. This is none of this was overwhelming me, which I'm mm, not. I'm not used to that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is so much no, in this game going on without it becoming uh, unmanageable. Fantastic! So that's Dave the Diver. Uh, what on Steam, one person said um, said my wife said if this review gets 100 likes, I can name our son Dave. <laughs> um, no, so that yeah, so that is Dave the. Diver got overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam as well. So you're not the only one, Thomas, who liked this game. Yeah, this uh, is this is this is a fantastic game. You're, I was not expecting it. I, I knew I yes, heard it was good. It's great when games come up like that that you yeah. don't expect, you don't know anything about, and they're this good. It's not, it doesn't happen that often. But and, uh, and I thought I thought Dredge was going to be my game of the year, and but, Dredge now has some serious competition from Dave the Diver. Because I'm probably gonna choose Dave the Diver. Uh, um, well, we're still yeah, in August. Yeah, and we're, we're still yeah, in exactly. August. There's still four but, months left this year. <laughs> but so. yeah, as again, this is not a traditional. The same way as Dredge was, it's not an adventure game per se, but very heavily story driven. Like the mm. same goes with Dave the Diver. Um, if I if I'm gonna make a top ten of of adventure games, I'm not sure. I would have to discuss it with you and Laura and Kieran and everyone else too. If if it if we should include it, but uh, Dave the Diver is one hell of a game. Oh well, that is great to hear. So not a traditional adventure game, but has adventure game elements and. Uh... It's so far it has elements from you, every so. genre there is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Thomas. Uh, so now on to our next review, uh, something a little bit different. Um, there's a new Star Trek game uh, released this year, Star Trek Resurgence. So before I talk about this game, uh, here is a trailer. Captain's Log, Stardate 5793.4. 
Starfleet has tasked us with a mission of the highest priority. Two formerly peaceful neighbors are now on the brink of war. While protocol might suggest we alert Starfleet about our situation, I think we're better off keeping this to ourselves. You go first. No time to fight me on this. If we can't go to war, we're sitting ducks here. It puts the mission and everyone on the ship at risk. They respect one thing, and that is force. Our losses are mounting. Yours are just beginning. Look out! You're being hailed by the USS Titan. Sorry to keep you waiting, Resolute. We're up against something greater than we can imagine. The Takan were once the most advanced, most powerful civilization in the galaxy. How dare you disturb me? Portal 6-3. We need your help. So, Star Trek Resurgence from Dramatic Labs, uh, who are former Telltale developers. Uh, yeah, so you can see do... that. Yes, you can see that in the trailer and when you play the game <clears throat> as well. It's very, very similar to the games that Telltale made, well, after The Walking Dead. Uh, so, first thing I need to say is I'm not really a Trekkie. I have seen some of the series, uh, some of the later series, Discovery and some of the movies as well. But I'm by no means a Trekkie. So apologies if I get things wrong in this review. But uh, in Star Trek Resurgence, you play as two characters. Uh, so you play as Jara Rydek, and she is the XO officer. And uh, then the second character you play as is, uh, I believe, is uh, Carter Diaz. So he's on the lower deck, so he's an engineer as well. And so Jara Rydek is more of a serious person <clears throat> to do his better job, and Carter Diaz is uh, more of a kind of happy-go-lucky jokester type. Uh, so this is, so, this, so you, you are on the USS Resolute, and um, you are, you were going on a peace mission, so it's a science vessel, you were going on a peace mission, uh, between two new species, which I believe were introduced for this game. Uh, so the Hotari and the Elidians. Uh, the Hotari work in a mine and the Elidians kind of control the mine, but uh, Hotari fought back and now they're in negotiations. So they've asked you to come along to negotiate for them. So that's where the story is. I don't want to say too much more um, as well. So... Over, I really, really like this. There is a number of things. Uh, first of all, the story is fantastic. Um, I don't think you need to be a Trekkie or to watch Star Trek to enjoy the game. Um, it was very well told, the story, right from the beginning. Um, it's, you know, you find it a little bit more and then the story develops and develops and escalates. And there's always something happening as well. And then... 
uh, yeah, I was never bored. I was always engaged with the story. Um, and I think also that the fact that they came up with these two new species, they could have just uh, added Klingon, but no, they didn't take the lazy option. They added these two new species. So it's clear, I think, that the developers are fans of, of Star Trek as well. Uh, so the story was really good. The voice acting, as you heard on the trailer, I thought was fantastic. It looks great. The music is great. Was that uh, Riker I heard in the trailer? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, there are. I a few, believe so, right? There are one or two characters. I believe you may have seen another one, uh, in in the trailer. Don't want to give some anything old, away. Some old, some old pointy-eared bastard. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he might make an appearance, uh, or two or three, but uh, but yeah, I think if you are a Star Trek fan, I think you will enjoy this. This does feel like a Star Trek kind of movie. Um, it's uh, it's set, I think it's set sometime after the next generation, um, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, now, with regards to to gameplay, so it is similar. You do make choices in this game. You have to choose uh, who. So again, some choices, you know, like how to respond, and then some choices, you know, do, do you save this person? Do you save that person? Or what do you do? Um, so again, typical you know, like in Telltale games. Also, however, there is some more variety to the gameplay. So there are stealth sections. There are some action scenes. The good thing about this is, first of all, they're not too difficult. I did die a couple of times, but I was able to get through them. And you know how bad I am at these sections. But also, if and when you do die, you are given the option to skip them uh, ah. if you wish. So again, it's you know I'm a believer in more options, the better to give the players how they want to play a game. So if you want to skip these sections, you can. There are some, I don't know if you call them puzzles, but they're kind of used to use a scanner and um, then you have to find out some information about radiation then as well. Uh, so you have to kind of, you have this data that you have to figure out. It's not too difficult, but I did like the variety and uh, I thought it looked very nice as well. It doesn't look like a triple A game. I mean, it's not God of War or Elden, Elder Scrolls, but I thought it looked really, really good as well. Uh, I suppose the only kind of maybe issue, I suppose, issues that I have, first of all, with uh, the choice, this is a typical, I think, telltale thing, that with the choices, they're more character focused, more so than story focused, that they mightn't have a huge effect on the story, like, say, Life is Strange or Gerda or Suzerain. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a problem. But for example, there were a couple of moments. There was one moment where you had to decide who, for example, which person or which side do you take and then there's later on one person says well I know you didn't choose my side but we still need your help so it's kind of like well did it really matter I think that is a question with these kind of games do the choices really matter now I've only played through this game once so I'm not entirely sure but it did feel like at times well not sure how much they matter I could be wrong uh, it didn't bother me too much, though. Also, I didn't have huge performance issues. It did crash on me once. Uh, sometimes it was a bit jittery here and there. I know other people have had more issues with performance-wise uh, than I did. Um, but yeah, overall, this was a huge surprise for me. I I didn't know much about it going in. There wasn't much promotion of this game. You know, It just, just kind of dropped um, after the trailer they showed a few years ago. Uh, but I think definitely if you're a Star Trek fan, I think you will enjoy this game. I think if you're a Telltale fan, if you're not a Telltale fan, I don't think you might enjoy it. If you want difficult puzzles, again. But uh, 
overall Star Trek Resurgent. It's available exclusively on the Epic Game Store, I believe. Um, so you can check it out there. But yeah, this was, I really, really liked it. I really liked just almost everything about it. I definitely highly recommend this game uh, to anyone who likes these kind of games. Don't you have any questions? It sounds right up my alley. <laughs> I think if you like Star Trek, you like these kind of games. But if you the don't la- like The Star last Trek, season of Picard was absolutely brilliant. Even, well, a, non, I, even a non-Trekkie would love that. Uh, yeah, I, and as a, you, a non, non-Trekkie like me would you know, really enjoy this game. So Yeah. That sounds great. Um, and um, uh, an Epic exclusive, well, um, for PC then, because it's also available on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, but it's also available um, on consoles, um, but for so, PC, um, Epic exclusive. So. Well, that's, that sounds familiar because the, the Expanse is also an Epic exclusive. Oh, yes, there is another game. So speaking of Telltale, uh, the yeah. last game we're going to review is another sci-fi uh, series, The Expanse of Telltale series. Uh would you like to watch a trailer, final trailer of yes. this episode? So here is a trailer. Take for us into space again. The Expanse. IG 6G turning now. I've been at this a long time. When there's a treasure this big, I make it my business to know about it. The coordinates on that data drive, they're for the MK Core. We got a job, Baratnas. Cox promised us a real payday. He said, give me three months and you never have to work again. I've heard that before. Whatever this is, it could still be everything you need to help the belt. Do we want to invite that kind of attention? In and out. No games. Time to see what all the fuss is about. We've been locked. Don't these Pashangwala's rest? What do you think we should do? There is no good option. Whatever you choose will be wrong, and it's your job to choose. When you find what's at the other end of those coordinates, the whole system will be on your ass. What are you waiting for? Stations! (laughs) On my board, lose the PDC volley, then turn and burn. Just like series. Only this time, no dolls to keep you on the leash, yeah? I hope that my actions on this ship can offer some amends for my past. Whatever this treasure is, the one thing we know is that it will change everything. So are you going to spend the rest of your oxygen feeling sorry for yourself? Or are you going to get to work? The Expanse, a Telltale series. I believe you're a fan of the TV series and the books. So I how does the game fan, compare? Yes. So tell us about the game and how to, does this game match your expectations? Well, well first of all, first of all, the, the game is based on the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the show is obviously adapted from the books, but uh, with every adaptation, you sometimes have to combine characters or uh, shorten things or whatever to make it uh, viable for TV. So for the expense, they did that with the character of Kamina Drummer. Um, Kamina Drummer, the, the name, the char- there is a character of Kamina Drummer in the books, but the character in the show is sort of an amalgamation of three different characters. And the oh. uh, the game uh, in the game you play Kamina Drummer, uh, but the game um, is set before 
the uh, events of the uh, the books and the TV show. So you kind of um, see how Kamina Drummer becomes the Kamina Drummer that you meet for the first time, I think in season two or three. Yeah, season. I'm and on then, season two of the TV series, yeah. and she she is there. She's not in the second book in the series, but she's no, on season two. No, the, the, this the this Kamina Drummer is is, but you and know it's basically the a TV series Kamina Drummer. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the 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 writers of the books were actually showrunners on the TV show, so it's not like something is lost. In <laughs> fact, Kamina Drummer was um, one of the breakout characters. Mm. Um, from the from the show and they got uh the actress to uh to play her again and they got some other actors from the show as well like Shora Akhtashlu mm, another breakout yeah. character that with the unmistakable fantastic voice i mean you can you can hear that voice and you immediately know it's her um she has a cameo in the first chapter so i've only played the first chapter so far before live episode 1 yes yes episode 1 uh, there are, i think by the time we record this, episode two and three are out, but because I'm in the middle of a move, I was not able to play them yet. I will I will review re-review the game once I've finished the entire game, and by that time, maybe you or someone else has uh, finished it as well. Um, this is 100% a Telltale game, but as Telltale does with every new um, uh, new title, they uh, adapt it to the title they're um, uh, they are adapting. So there are some things that are very much to do with space uh, and uh, that really works for The Expanse. The moment I, I started up the game, I wasn't even, I hadn't even started the story yet. I was just in the menu. You hear the music. The, the and I was like, oh, music. oh, this, this is this. Yes. And I actually, I waited for like five or six minutes just listening to the music. I just, <laughs> I just was, was just so happy to be back in the Expanse universe again. Uh, Expanse is hard sci-fi, very hard sci-fi. Like um, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson called the Expanse the most realistic uh, space uh, show ever created. That but means it's, that... sorry to interrupt, but it's also accessible. Uh, I think because yes. when people think hard sci-fi, they might think, oh, it might put some people off. But what I would say is... I think it's still accessible as well. It's fantastic. Abs- it's- absolutely. Oh, with with hard sci-fi, we mean like Star, not Star Wars, not Star Trek, mm. even though Star Trek sometimes tries to be. Um, but hard sci-fi is more like uh, 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 they try to be as realistic as possible, even though they sometimes invite elements uh, that might may sound fantastical, like maybe something alien, li- li- literally and figuratively. But um, uh, it's not like they go to warp and they, uh, uh, they, they yeah, it's like mm. the, the battles are very, uh, very much the way they go. They would, would go, um, in real life. It's, 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 there's a militaristic vibe to it as well, because you, you have to deal with earth, the belt and Mars. Uh, Mars is a very militaristic state. Uh, earth, uh, has to be, and the belts are like, um, more like, um, uh, yeah, freedom fighters, like uh, mm. um, <coughs> because they are being sort of being repressed. Camilla Drummer is from the belt, and they all speak in that delicious belt accent and that delicious belt uh, belt belter speech. And um, this is uh, where she is the XO, so the second in command of a um, of a ship that just um, uh, salvages. Uh, stuff from space so usually um ships that were too badly damaged and they can salvage it 
uh, they they just go there to to one of those ships. They uh, pull out everything that's still useful and sell it. And as with uh, a typical as, as of a story of this, is they think they're going to get a very big score, but they might have bitten off more than they can chew, um, what which you? is also completely in the, in in line with uh, how the expanse. Uh, uh, the TV show is and the books, ordinary kind of ordinary people, actually, uh, who are ex- in extraordinary uh, circumstances, and they uh, either show the best or their worst parts. And in this case, because it's a telltale game, you get to influence that. So, because you're the XO at one point, before, for instance, you can uh, you get the choice to break up a fight. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you uh, uh, are you a very aggressive one? I, I've, I've I once made a choice. To punch someone. Me too. You can also you can also, <laughs> uh, you can also choose not to punch someone and do it in a different way. <laughs> there are a lot of surprises. It's um, as a f- first chapter. I can't wait to get back into uh, into space again and uh, um, see where the story goes because they really managed to nail um, the expense feeling uh, of 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 the of the TV show. It's so good. It's really good. If they stick. The landing, then uh, they can expect a very good review uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, that's the thing. I agree. I played the first episode just last night, time recording. Um, uh, how long did it take you? About about two hours, two and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, I played it in two two settings. Yeah, um, me too. Me the too. First time was about an hour and a half, two hours, and then the second time about half an hour, forty five minutes. So I think it was less time actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I suppose that's one thing, and I, and I know it's because it's one episode, but. With the Telltale games, it's kind of like, oh, it's over. What kind of more? Yeah. Uh, I kind of maybe felt a little bit short. You want to binge it's getting it. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, if it sticks the land, I think so far, I think the stakes so far from episode one seem to be slightly smaller than in the series, but this is there's more character focus on Carmina drama. Yeah, because the series but focuses That's not on... a problem. I don't think that's a, that's an issue because the series no. seems to go so high. The stakes are so high. Yeah, because high they have like five or six uh, uh, main characters in the series. And at one point, they are all at different places. A bit, bit like Game of Thrones has as well. Mm. In this case, you're just, you are Carmina. So it's not a problem. And you follow her. Um, no, not at all. And yeah, no, I, I really liked it. Again, the acting, it got the, act, the actor. She's fantastic. Yeah. I thought the writing was very good. Um, and then the exploration. I do think compared to Star Trek Resurgence, I do think that that game had more variety in the gameplay. Um, and I think that with but, this... But that game, you played the entire game, right? Yes. So there's still more to come. Yeah. We'll be reviewing the full game once all once we've played all the episodes, once they're out. But based on the first episode, and again, I really liked it, but especially compared to Star Trek Resurgence, there was more variety in the gameplay in that game. So if you're, if you're, if if you had an issue with Telltale's previous games, I think that this game is probably still high Telltale for me. I mean, I think might not. So and again, it's only episode one. We still don't know, but so far, I really oh, enjoyed it. So far, the the first impression of of the first chapter is is very very good. It is yeah top top. Uh, this could be one of the top uh, Telltale games, and Absolutely. that means like I... uh, up there with uh, Walking Dead season. I, one, uh, uh, um, I'm, Wolf Among Us, uh, absolutely. Batman. I am hoping that there might be some more kind of variety in gameplay, but so far, storytelling the story wise, I'm like, I'm it is in. very focused on the story. It is not, yeah. not, so not, not, I didn't, I didn't, it, it didn't but... have that many quick time events yet. 
No, which uh, is also not, I think it's felt more like a tutorial, which I think, and also I think one thing I need to stress is that there are, I think, um, there are uh, access, uh, accessibility options as well, which is really good. It gives you the options on how, you know, long to choose a timer for the responses, how you want to play the game. Yeah. Um, I, I Again, I think that's really good. Every game should do this. That's yeah, but this really game good. lends itself to that very well. Yes. I think uh, it's it's yeah. just because different people play games differently. Uh, so I think that it's great that the developers are acknowledging that and giving you the options uh, to play the game the way that you feel comfortable. I do also have to uh, mention, like all, all the Telltale games after Walking Dead, there are no manual saves. It didn't bother me a huge amount because there are regular. But again, I still like manual saves. Star Trek Resurgence doesn't have manual saves. Uh, yeah, Harmony, but that's... that's... That is it's one of the huge, but I do prefer myself personally. I do feel to mention that, but look, it wasn't an issue in these games because there were regular saves. Um, yeah, and and they don't want you to uh, try out a choice and then re reload. Oh, I can understand. Then, I mean, yeah. it fits. It but fits these uh, these kind of games. But but just thought I mentioned that, and then as I mentioned before, then I would personally like for games then to save whenever you quit. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, but again, I don't know yeah. technically. I think that if you're not going to have manual saves, but look, it still didn't bother me here because they were regularly saved. So it didn't. Uh, but yeah, no, certainly episode one of The Expanse. I think we're off. It's starting off very, very well. Um, I've heard good things about episodes two and three. And well, there were plenty of things in the trailer that I haven't encountered yet. So yeah, so I am, I, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I'm Me too. perfectly optimistic that this game can be uh, high-end Telltale. Uh, and high and on the uh, top 10 of the year list as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have Telltale back as well. You know, after yes, the way it, that they ended. Basically and... twice now with that uh, Star Trek game too. Yes, that they've made their own uh, company, these people, um, and uh, Star Trek Resurgence. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's a success for those two games. And uh well, we'll be we'll be playing. I think episodes two and three, and then see what we think overall. So, um, yes, that is the expanse a telltale series. Man, so that's wow! It's a long episode. That was a yeah, long sorry, but there was so much, especially then there was so much news and so good, so, so many news. great games. Uh, so, uh, well, as we finish, uh, I know that you're quite busy now, Thomas, with the move and everything. Uh, but are you playing any, or are you looking forward to playing any other, apart from uh, The Expanse future episodes and hopefully Monkey Island, CFTs with myself and a few others? Are you <laughs> yeah. looking forward, is there any other game on your radar? Yeah, um, um, there was this uh, Vern, The Shape of Fantasy, that uh, again, I'm going to dive into the water again, <clears throat> that I'm looking forward to play because that is um, a bit of steampunk and a bit of... Which uh, game again? Sorry. Vern, the shape of oh, fantasy. Oh yes, yes, yes. Or you play Jules Vern. Um, it's very so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to play that again. Under the sea. This is. It used to be taxi yeah. cabs. <laughs> yeah, there was this. There was this one year that was a lot like three or four taxi games, and this is now like I think my fifth game of the year where I'm going into the ocean. So, <laughs> well, well, for me this year, I am again not by choice, but quite a few visual novels, and also now games set in space, because Star Trek Resurgence and the Expanse, and I also want to play Fort Fort Solace. So, if you've seen that, it's a game set on Mars with the voices yeah. of uh, Troy Baker, 
Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, I can't remember the others, but it looks very interesting. So the what is it? What is it called? Fort Fort so- Solis. S O L I S. It's got I think mixed reviews, but I'm still looking forward. We want to see, uh, you know, what I think of it, which is the only opinion. This reminds me of uh, um, the the the, uh, the Moon game and the Mars game that. Uh, Deliver us the moon. Deliver. Us. Deliver I want yeah. to play those games as well at some point, but just so much. Um, so yeah, that's we will also be reviewing. Hopefully, Kieran will be back. He's currently on holidays, uh, but he will be back hopefully next time, and we will be reviewing Whispers in the West, which I mentioned before is a online multiplayer narrative murder mystery uh, adventure game <laughs> that up to four players can play. You can play that game on your own, or you can play two, three, or four players together. And so myself and Kieran are playing that. Uh, hopefully, editors. Hopefully, maybe you can join us at some point, Thomas. And uh, yeah, I hope so. I have to uh, get internet running first at my new place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, I think that's it for now. I think we've we've spoken long enough this <laughs> this time. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a, lot, it's been, it's it's been been a while. while since we it was just the yeah, two of us, since, exactly, and we had a lot of a, a lot of news and a lot of good uh, good reviews still. Uh, I can I can keep, I can probably. Talk for an hour about Dave Dyer. Oh yeah, I, which, I think so too. By um, the way, has both manual saves and auto saves. Okay, I like the manual saves part, but uh, I might check it out because uh, you've given it such high praise. I might have to check it out before the year ends uh, or at some point. So, uh, well, thank you so much, Thomas. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been reliving old times, 2019. Yeah. The year that we started the podcast and uh, when it was just the two of us, but also great with the others. If the others are listening, yeah, can't wait for you to come back as well. Matt as well. Um, also listen to his podcast, Ask Us About Loom. I will appear on that again. For some reason, he invited me for the third time. We'll be he talking did. About... He told us he wouldn't. Oh. Well, he did. I think I kind of forced myself <laughs> on the podcast. Like, you better invite me again. So the ex- <laughs> we'll talk talking about the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Ah, um, great game. So fantastic. So we spoke about that in more detail. And he has a few other, he'll be talking about Phantasmagoria 2 and the Dark Side Detective with some very interesting guests coming up. So I'm looking forward to listening to that podcast and I think people should as well. It's Ask Us About Loom. Um, and yeah, don't there anything else you want to mention before we go? Well, just keep on questing. so if you like the adventure games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are an adventure game developer or an adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you 
please may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank you.